InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. A countless number of Americans are quarantined at home. Feelings of isolation can lead to overdrinking and substance abuse. InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco talks with an expert who shares facts and advice. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Reports say online alcohol sales were up nearly 500% in late April compared to that same time last year. Many have turned to drinking during the pandemic, but will they become alcoholics? Joining us now is Lisa Boucher, a registered nurse and author of an important new book, Raising the Bottom, Making Mindful Choices in a Drinking Culture. Through stories of women who've been there, it teaches us warning signs and how to break the shackles of drinking. Lisa, what kind of lies do people invent to give themselves permission to keep drinking? I think the biggest lie is I'm not drinking too much. I only drink two when the reality is four, six at a sitting or a bottle of wine a night. That's where you're getting into problematic drinking. I mean, I'm not opposed. I'm a recovering alcoholic and I've been sober 31 years, but I'm not opposed to drinking. If I could have drank just a few glasses of wine and that's the end of that. But when you're doing that five and six nights a week, it ends up escalating. Most people who drink like that, their drinking ends up increasing instead of staying the same or decreasing. So we lie to ourselves in many, many ways. In addition to many other health problems, doesn't booze compromise your immune system right when we need a strong immune system during this pandemic? Oh, absolutely. I mean, health-wise, there's probably the two worst things you can do for your health is to drink and to smoke. So removing those two things right there really enables people to live so much more healthier lives. I mean, alcohol, pretty much you're depleting your B vitamins, you're compromising your immune system, you're affecting your vascular system. Of course, the what it does to our brain, it affects the computer, it jumps right to the prefrontal cortex. So the decisions we make while under the influence, even a few drinks, is going to affect that prefrontal cortex. So there's really no great upside other than that sense of, uh, you know, that release. And I know, especially with the pandemic and the stress, and I really sympathize with families that are going through a lot of financial issues or working parents trying to homeschool in addition. I mean, this is too much for anyone, but alcohol isn't going to be your solution. It may feel like it is temporarily, but in too many cases, it causes far more problems than it ever has helped. What do you feel is the most widely misunderstood or unknown aspect of problem drinking? People still have this stigma, these pictures in their heads that it has to be the person who is completely non-functional, down and out. Their lives, you know, have completely imploded. And this is simply not true. The biggest misconception, I want people to really understand 80% of alcoholics have families and have jobs. The world is filled with functional alcoholics, people who go to work every day and come home and they start drinking or they're sitting at their office in their desk at noon and they're thinking about the bottle of wine they're going to buy on the way home or the happy hour that they're going to go to on the way home. So 
drinking is already their main focus, but because they work, because they pay their bills, they say, well, I don't have a problem. And so my book really focuses on people like I was. I got sober. I had a very high bottom because I watched my mother hit a very low bottom. And she too was a registered nurse and tried to find help and was misdiagnosed for 25 years with depression and all these psych diagnoses, none of which after she went to rehab and got sober were true because she never took another pill. So there's just so many misconceptions about this. People often get diagnosed with depression while they're still drinking. And I said, well, if you're depressed, quit drinking because you're consuming a depressant. And if you're unable to do that, then you already have diagnosed your problem. It's alcohol, not depression. In your book, you write that you thought drinking was fun, but you eventually stifled your creativity and lost your dreams. How did you realize all that, and how much time do you think you wasted? I feel like I wasted the decade of my 20s when people are setting up their lives and they're getting organized and figuring out who they are and what they like. And my life was not really working, and I wasn't doing anything well except for partying. We're visiting with Lisa Boucher, author of Raising the Bottom, Making Mindful Choices in a Drinking Culture. Lisa, with people feeling shut in or isolated, give us a few tips on how we can be mindful enough to avoid becoming alcoholics. Well, I think the first thing we have to do is be honest with, am I drinking too much? And only you can do that. I mean, nobody outside of you can gauge that because many people sneak and drink. So that's a really big red flag. If you're sneaking or hiding the wine glass behind the toaster, I mean, that's not social. So there's your internal compass is already saying something is skewed here. So you have to be honest. And then what can we do about if we decide? Okay, this is getting carried away. We can, if we're able to, put the brakes on and instead get outdoors, be outside. It's so healing. I mean, the trees give off chemicals called phytocines that help us to heal and boost our immune system. And in Japan, they call it Shinrin-yoku, and it's like forest bathing. That's what it means. So we're getting all these antidepressant things from the trees. Get on the water, get in the woods, nurture yourself, lay by the pool or sit outside, get a good book, exercise, go play some tennis, whatever you can do beside sit there and drink. You know, so many people are sitting on their decks consuming vast amounts of alcohol during this pandemic, and they're feeling worse and worse and worse about all of it. And again, I want to remind you, you're drinking a depressant. Is the well-known 12-step program the best you've seen for helping people get off the booze? Well, I don't know that I want to say it's the best. It worked for me. I know it's worked for millions of people. I do know some people that they just, for whatever reason, they went a different route with maybe perhaps Buddhism, I think, has a recovery program and Celebrate Recovery is more Christian-based. So, you know, people tend to find their own path. I like the 12-step way because I have not found where people, many do other things, but they stay angry or they haven't really worked through their issues. So here is a blanket statement. 
any recovery program that you choose that works for you is great. But just make sure that it helps you to delve into your core issues. Because most of us drank for reasons. We had deep wounds. I know I had some childhood trauma. That is a very big red flag and produces a lot of addiction in our country. That's very, very important to understand. So we have to heal these inside wounds. Lisa Boucher, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.